Welcome to Velti Rewind, a podcast which features conversations with Velti's experts designed to entertain the audience through our knowledge and expertise. We'll be sharing fun facts and stories from Velti's employees and clients, making this podcast not only insightful, but entertaining at the same time. I'm your host, Migena, and this is our first episode. The topic for today will be a reflection on what we have left behind and what lies ahead, uncertainties we carry with us while we are heading toward 2022 and what the new norm will entail. I'm here today with Veltis Executive VP Sales, Dimitris Orianopoulos. Hello, Dimitris. Hi, Migena. Great to be with you today. Pleasure all mine. Alex Befanis, our Client Success Director. Hello, Alex. Hello, Migena. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for being here as well. And last but not least, Andreas Petropoulos, our Customer Retention and Loyalty Director. Hello, Andreas. Hello, Megena. It's nice to be here. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for accepting my invitation for this first episode of Velti Rewind. Uh, well, let me admit that 2020 was an extraordinary year, and while the world was looking toward a promising 2021, here we are still in a pandemic mode, struggling to find new ways of solving clients' problems and getting ready for a hybrid work environment. I'd like to start with Alex and send him back in time a bit when all this started. Do you recall how Velti adapted to what happened around us back then? Thanks for the question, Migena. Um, let's indeed travel back in time and remember that Velti actually exhibited some lightning fast responses in the start of the pandemic. Even before the first COVID case reached the country, planning had already begun for the inevitable. Thankfully, Velti already had a work from home policy in place for more than a year before the pandemic. So most of the infrastructure, such as VPNs, laptops, screens, etc., were available to everyone. Having said that, uh, within a couple of weeks from the first COVID case in the country, and even before the national lockdown, Velti switched to a 100% work from home protocol. Uh, people were worried and concerned about what was happening in neighboring Italy at the time, and the quick reflexes were very much welcomed by the entire Velti workforce. Uh, in the following weeks, besides the conversion of all physical meetings into virtual meetings, uh, HR and the leadership team started introducing a variety of activities to keep spirits high and retain team cohesion. Um, photo and cooking competitions, exercise, yoga video classes, team bonding, quiz games, and many more activities made the transition from a physical to a virtual office so much easier. This was very beneficial to everyone as it kept morale high and avoided isolation between employees and teams. So yes, summarizing, looking back to the spring of 2020, Velti adapted very quickly and very successfully to the new reality. I couldn't agree more, Alex. And uh, you know, what popped into my mind now was this virtual Christmas party where we all drank digitally, uh, something uncommon, but honestly enjoyed a lot. And uh, I, I need to say not only me, because we were all locked down. So my whole family got engaged and really enjoyed. But uh, a part of all these interactions and employee engagements, I, I believe we had to apply changes. So, Dimitris, let me get to you and ask if there was something Velti changed to adjust the pandemic era and how those changes affected us and our clients. Well, the biggest change that uh, me and my team experienced uh, had to do with how we interact with our clients. 
talking about sales more specifically, since I'm responsible for sales actually, uh, a big part of the time of salespeople, of wealthy, but all salespeople in general, uh, typically has, uh, been, is being consumed in traveling. So to give you an idea, I mean, I've been with wealthy for 11 years. In these 11 years, I've been spending an average of like two months every year on the road. Now imagine that since the outbreak of the pandemic, February 2020, we have hardly done five to six business trips in total as a team. Uh, and, and two of those trips were just in the last month. Uh, so this is really unprecedented. And to be honest, it's a bit scary too. I mean, if you told me this a few years back, I would be really worried about losing control of our clients with so few trips. Uh, however, I'm happy to say that we did pretty good. I mean, we didn't just manage to retain our clients. We actually grew our business during these difficult months. Uh, if you ask me now how we did this, uh, apart from being extra focused, of course, I can say that what really made the difference was closer and more frequent, but also more structured and detailed communication, not just with our clients and partners, but also internally. As a matter of fact, we even did better than some of our clients. As we already, as Alex said, we already had work from home options and processes in place long before COVID came. Uh, whereas some of our clients were not prepared at all to operate remotely. I mean, they spent, quite, they spent quite a few months just trying to adapt to this situation, even from an infrastructure perspective. So overall, yes, a lot changed, but I think we did pretty good. Uh, indeed, Dimitris, to some cases, we did better than clients did themselves. So I, I recall we immediately sprang into action, monitoring and analyzing the behavior of customers, advising clients on the best solution to address their customers' changing needs. And we also refined campaigns content where needed. But uh, pandemics are unpredictable by nature, so proper preparation and prior planning can help manage them better. Uh, although coronavirus was identified as pathogens with high pandemic potential, yet the globe was not prepared to effectively deal with it. You know, they say failures lead to lessons learned. So in your case, Dimitris, is there something that global pandemic has taught you? Look, I'm afraid crises are always bound to happen. And this crisis can be political, can be financial, health-related or climate-related. Uh, we tend to forget that, especially when things are calm and we operate in a business-as-usual mode. But the COVID pandemic was just a reminder of this, of this fact that a crisis can happen at any given moment. So it's not the first time, of course, that we're facing a crisis in our business. But it's definitely the first time, at least in our lifetime, that this has happened at such a massive scale and has had such a huge impact across regions, across industries. So how can a business or organization or us individually as professionals really be prepared to face a crisis? From the recent experience with the pandemic, I can draw three points. So point one, you need to build solid relationships with your clients and your partners, a relationship that can even go beyond professional to personal. Such relationships can withstand any crisis, even without physical meetings. Point two, you need to diversify your business and your customer base so that you don't rely too much on a single client or on a single market or a single solution. And that's because a crisis can have a different impact on different markets or on different services. And finally, I need to add, although it will sound a bit cheesy, a bit cliche, that you have to be prepared to spot the opportunity in every crisis. For instance, during the pandemic, what we witnessed across geographies is that there was a, a big, significant drop of ARPU, average revenue per user. 
So such a drop, of course, can be a threat. I mean, if not a disaster, depending on the scale, for the vast business, definitely. But at the same time, it can be a great opportunity for the CVM business. So as I said, there is probably an opportunity in every crisis. You have just to, to have to quickly adapt and evolve. As they say, evolve or go extinct. I really like that. Evolve or go extinct, yeah. Let me highlight, though, that what you mentioned earlier, uh, we don't know yet how the pandemic will play out. So let me get to you, Andreas. I'd like to hear more in case there are any uncertainties you carry with you now and forward. Uh, yes, Miguel. I mean, uh, well, all this uh, period with the pandemic goes all about our uncertainties, right? Uh, and it's hard to pick one or two. But uh, if I had to, uh, I would say that what surprised me m most is uh, the uncertainty about how the people responded to uh, data they got about uh, the pandemic. And uh, all this period, there were a lots of uh, different types of data available to everyone, right? So I'm a data person and I would believe or I would expect, if I may say so, that uh, when we have the same data, most of the people, if not all, will re react or respond or act upon the same data in the same way. But this proven that that's not the case. Different people interpreted and acted upon the same data completely differently. And uh, even nations, neighbor nations, uh, with similar cultures responded totally differently to the same pandemic data. Imagine that uh, there were uh, neighbor countries uh, and uh, cities in the borders that uh, from south to north, uh, one part was fully open. You can do everything as before the pandemic, but uh, the other part was everything on a strict lockdown. That was crazy, right? And of course, I think that, that was due to the dilemma situation that uh, people faced. Uh, uh, the data we had available were not pointing uh, to a definite answer. Uh, they had to decide what to do, uh, wait for more data so that they can make a more educated decision on how to move forward and how to address all these um, uh, difficult situations that are brought up uh, by the pandemic, or they could act immediately and, and try to solve to the best of their knowledge, to the best of their knowledge based on the data that they had available. And in this context, one of the very first decisions that employers need to make is about how we all return to the office. Or maybe if I put it more accurately, is uh, do we need to return to the office? And that's a tough one, right, Migena? That's indeed a tough one, Andreas. Uh, as a mother of two small kids, remote working has been a challenge. Uh, in the beginning, it was hard to explain to them that they can see you, but you're not available to play with them. So I have been trying to mentally separate this mom and business role. Uh, however, I believe it relates different for different individuals. So uh, I'm curious how it did turn out for you, Alex. Did your home office become your comfort zone or you're really eager to get back to office mode again? Thanks for this question, Megena. I'm really glad to answer this one because I definitely don't miss my two-hour daily commute. Um, on a more serious note, though, as I mentioned before, all of the actions that Velti took turned working from home into a very enjoyable, but also a very efficient process. Don't get me wrong, there are times where being in the same physical space as someone is beneficial, especially when onboarding and training new team members. For example, just pointing at a screen and explaining to something uh, something someone that's sitting next to you is so much easier instead of going into a call, doing a screen share, uh, share etc. 
Um, but there are also a lot of benefits work from home has, especially for a digital company like Velti. As I mentioned, zero commute is a major game changer in terms of quality of life, stress, cost savings, and even carbon footprint. Work from home also helps with a better observed attendance time and cost savings for the company. Even a healthier diet and lifestyle is easier to maintain in your home environment. Additionally to that, and this is quite important, there seems to be no drop in productivity in work from home environments, a concern many managers have for their teams. So in my opinion, the benefits of this new reality outweigh the concern for digital companies. And honestly, like Andreas mentioned previously, I wouldn't be surprised if in two or three years from now, we will wonder why on earth did we suffer through ironing our shirts every day, putting our food in containers, getting stuck in traffic for a couple of hours, traveling to the other edge of Athens just to sit in front of a screen, take calls and send emails. Um, having said that, of course, not all companies have the same workflow. So I do believe each company should focus on its own strengths and try to solve this puzzle by finding their perfect hybrid model. The term hybrid, this grabbed my attention. Uh, there is a lot of buzz going around and people are speaking more and more on this hybrid working model. Uh, Andreas, I know you're fond of this term, hybrid cars, hybrid offers, hybrid campaigns, and lately even hybrid AI campaigns. But I'm curious to know your perspective in hybrid working. Well, that's right, Migena. I mean, hybrid is, is everywhere, right? As you explained. But uh, in regards to hybrid working, uh, I totally agree that uh, hybrid working is here to stay. And doubling to what uh, Alex already pointed out, uh, it's, uh, it cannot be a common approach for all organizations, for all companies, right? Uh, it has to be adapted on, based on the vertical, the size, the locale of its uh, organization or company. And in some cases, based on pre-pandemic investments on mega campuses like Apple did. Uh, because, you know, what is going to happen if you have built a, a huge, uh, great uh, campus and nobody is into work? So that might make the decision a bit tougher for such companies. But for Velti and in general for technology companies, it's a given that most of their employees only need a laptop and a good internet connection to be productive. Uh, that means that they can work from anywhere in the world. They don't need to be even close to the headquarters or to uh, an office space. Now, in general, what I see though is that uh, more and more companies they decide to give freedom to their employees to decide how they would like to work from them. Take, for example, Twitter that uh, recently announced that uh, forever work from home is going to be an option for their employees. And that's just the beginning because many of the companies are still waiting and haven't announced their plans yet. But I would expect that uh, more companies, especially from the technology sector, they will start giving this option to their employees and uh, so that they can decide by themselves how they would like to work for them. Eventually, the policy that its company will establish, it's not just a, a matter of how it fits to their culture, but it's also a tool because it has to be done correctly in order to help them retain and recruit talent. If not done correctly, it can actually have a business impact at the end. And closing my, my analysis on that, I would say that uh, it has to be seen as an ongoing uh, decision. It cannot be just a response to the pandemic. Whatever its company will decide about how they will move forward with hybrid working, it has to be a permanent decision that will apply for the foreseeable future and not as a temporary decision 
that will just solve a, a temporary problem that pandemic uh, created. Well, personally, I'm really looking forward to a company gathering so we can get to see each other again and also get to know personally the new team members that joined Velti during pandemic. Uh, however, I don't see this happen any soon, unfortunately. But Dimitris, I don't know, are there any predictions of yours for the next coming months? And what do you believe the new norm will entail? Look, I believe the next few months will be somehow like an interim period. So companies, including Velti, of course, uh, will be testing different approaches, as my colleagues already said. So this will be ranging between fully working from home, gradually going back to the old standard model, or just experimenting with mixed models. Uh, now, during this interim period, organizations that operate in a multi-region environment, like Velti, will also be facing some practical issues or uniformity challenges that will be coming up as the situation evolves. So I can give you a couple of examples that we recently came up with. So, for instance, you can have members of your sales team being vaccinated with a certain vaccine, which, however, is not certified in certain countries. Or you can have other members of your team that cannot get visas for markets they had been frequently visiting in the past. So we need to be constantly updated and change our plans accordingly during this interim period. Uh, but in any case, I don't think we're, we're going back to the previous modus operandi, at least not anytime soon. Uh, of course, face-to-face -face meetings can never be fully replaced by conference calls. But there is no doubt that physical meetings and business trips will be far more selective, far more targeted from now on. Conference calls will continue being the norm, which, by the way, leads to a couple of realizations. So first, we will have now to we will now have to pay much more attention to the audio and video equipment that we use for conference calls, as you need, as you obviously need good sound and image quality in a call. And second, uh, your presentation materials are also becoming much more important. You know, sometimes salespeople seem to underestimate that as they think they can make up for any inadequacy of their presentation material just by their communication skills. Well, th this is no longer the case in a conference call, especially if you have to do it without video, which is, again, common. So I would say these are the only predictions we can do right now. We'll just have to go with the flow, keep our eyes open, try to be one step ahead of developments. Thank you very much, Dimitris. Personally, I would recommend video conferencing. You know, when people are able to see one another, it really makes a difference. And you are more comfortable while presenting in front of a virtual audience. But of course, we need to make sure our background is not spoiled. Well, as our conversation came to an end, I would like to give my special thanks to our guests today, Dimitris, Alex and Andreas. They shared with us their experience during this pandemic era, challenges faced and what worked best, as well as useful insights on how they see things forward. Thank you for being with me today. This was episode one of Velti Rewind podcast brought to you by Velti, and I hope you all enjoyed it. Remember that you can always visit our website, velti.com slash podcast, to make sure you don't miss our next one. Thank you for listening. Have a good day.